We're joined today by Blair Horner, Executive Director of NYPIRG, New York Public Interest Research Group. Last Tuesday, of course, was uh, Election Day um, and kind of surprising results, uh, not so much in New York, but particularly nationwide. But there were some interesting results in New York. So we've asked Blair to join us to just sort of give us an overview of those results and what it may mean for the upcoming uh, legislative session. So, so, so Blair, what were some of your quick reactions to what happened on, on Tuesday, particularly uh, in New York State and anything uh, of interest in the Capital District? Well, you know, in many ways, it's a status quo election. All of the Democrats that ran statewide in New York won. Uh, both the houses of the legislature are controlled by Democrats with overwhelming majorities, and they will be again next year by overwhelming majorities. I mean, where there's interesting stuff is when you sort of get down to the district level, more, more interesting stuff. Uh, the congressional Democrats, uh, they, a bunch of seats that they were in, uh, they flipped to Republican. And it may, in fact, be the margin uh, that gives the Republicans control of the House of Representatives. So that's not status quo. But if they do, it'll be with a narrow majority, which is the status quo for the Democrats. Um, the, uh, the Democrats took a beating uh, uh, in the suburbs, as far as I could tell, across the state, but certainly in the Hudson Valley and on Long Island. Um, and uh, there was some, there's something happening in Brooklyn, uh, which, you know, is unusual because there were some Democratic Assembly members who got beat there. So all in all, I mean, at, from the 30,000 foot level, Democrats run a blue state overwhelming majorities in both houses. That looks pretty much like it does this year. Uh, but when you get down into some of the districts, primarily on the congressional side, uh, a combination of something going on with the Democrats and their inability apparently to uh, run campaigns in the suburbs. And to some extent, the lines that were drawn during the redistricting process uh, may in fact cost the Democrats control of the House of Representatives, which has national implications. Well, as somebody who lived, you know, in Brooklyn for the last for seven years, um, the southern part of Brooklyn is actually more conservative and the Democrats yeah. have been more conservative. And in fact, uh, they have been really some of the main opponents to the issue of divesting the state pension funds from um, fossil fuels. And particularly Peter Abate is one of the uh, members who lost uh, down in uh, Southern Brooklyn. He was chair of the Assembly Pensions Committee. And for whatever reason, a lot of public employees live in Southern Brooklyn. And so he's just sort of responsive uh, to it. But you mentioned the redistricting issue, which is likely, in fact, as you point out, to cause the Democrats control of the um, the House at the federal level. Or, you know, granted, the uh, legislative Democrats may have been a little bit uh, greedy, and, and sort of blew the re, uh, decision process, which threw it into the courts, and they overturned the lines. But do you expect any reforms or changes to come uh, after this debacle? Yeah, I mean, you're right, Mark, that the, the lines that the, legis that the map makers drew this year were drawn initially by the legislature. New York, in a constitutional amendment in 2014, advanced by then-Governor Cuomo, created this so-called independent redistricting commission, which was really equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans. Of course, the whole system collapsed. So the legislature drew the lines. The courts sort of interestingly to, to weigh in uh, said that the process by which the legislature made that decision was unconstitutional. 
that the commission had to advance two sets of maps before the legislature could draw their own maps. And that commission only advanced one. And so on a procedural level, uh, the court over, uh, overruled the lines and then also said that they were greedy and they drew the lines in a way that was un unconstitutionally gerrymandered and appointed their own special master, a guy named Service from uh, Pennsylvania. And he drew the lines. And so in New York, uh, when the uh, the current um, uh, members of the House of, De uh, of Representatives, there's 27 seats from New York, 19 of them are Democrats. When the, the New York loses a seat uh, because it's a census, so now we have 26, when the Democrats drew the lines earlier this year, it looked like they could take 22 out of 26, but instead they have 15 out of 26. And so uh, that flip uh, could make all the difference. And so will they do anything about it? I mean, they'd have to amend the Constitution. I'm sure they want to, uh, but, um, you know, whether or not they're willing to sort of stick their heads up out of the foxhole and do it, I don't know. Because our argument would be we want an independent redistricting commission, not the legislature. And Democrats argue back, not without some merit, that when the blue states are the only ones that do redistricting reform, for them, it's unilateral disarmament. Uh, and New York and California had this year an independent process. California has a commission. New York had the courts. Uh, but a lot of red states didn't make that. So, you know, that's the partisan argument. Uh, although we think from a good governance perspective, the United States of America should have the lines drawn by nonpartisan entities, not by political, uh, by the political parties. So I don't know what will happen, though, this year. I'd be surprised if they did anything real. Now, one of the things that did change a bit or will change is that both chairs of the environmental committees uh, in the Senate, uh, he decided to leave after getting killed in his race last year for district attorney uh, down in Nassau County, which sparked part of the backlash against criminal justice reform. And then uh, Steve Inglebright, chair of the Assembly Environmental Committee, lost his race by about a thousand votes. What does that mean for environmental and climate issues moving forward with new leadership uh, being needed in both houses on the environment? Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, the, you're right. The guy in the Senate left. He left early uh, from his seat because he got shellacked running for Nassau County District Attorney. And in fact, Democrats took a beating last year in Nassau County. Uh, and um, so that opened up that seat and uh, the Republicans took it. Uh, on the assembly side, the long-term NCON chair uh, looks like he's going to lose. Uh, I don't think he's conceded yet, Mark. Um, and um, having two new NCON chairs could have you know, fundamental impact on policy, environmental policymaking. Now, what, you know, what that looks like, of course, will be determined by who those people are. Uh, Senator Kaminsky, who was the Senator uh, NCON chair, uh, you know, has his own worldview about what the issues are, as did uh, um, Assemblymember Stephen Engelbright. Whoever replaces them will have a big say on what the environmental policy looks like, but it will be different. It will certainly be different than it is now. Engelbright had essentially veto over environmental legislation in his house, and with him gone and replaced by a new person, uh, that I presume that that person will not have assuming that Engelbright ultimately does lose, I assume that um, uh, his replacement will not have the same authority within the conference when it comes to environmental issues. So it'll be, it, it can be a big, it could be a big deal. Now, that being said, 
Democrats, if they, I assume they're going to be looking at how can we do better in the suburbs, environmental issues is one area is one area where they could actually do things. Uh, the Bond Act uh, on the ballot this year, there was a, uh, a vote on the Environmental Bond Act that had the biggest margin of victory for any statewide race. Uh, and it ran and it uh, passed in um, uh, over uh, passed in almost 50 count, 49 of the 62 counties in New York State approved the Bond Act. And so environmental issues have a lot of public support, so much so that people were willing to pay more to make it happen. And so I think that that could strengthen uh, in both houses the interest in taking on environmental issues if Democrats are interested in trying to cobble together some sort of suburban strategy that gets them some votes. Well, we only have about a minute left. One of the things I saw before the election was that among Democrats, climate and abortion were the two big issues. But in a general election, at least on election night, Susan Arbetter on Spectrum was saying that uh, climate uh, actually finished second as the most important issue for the voters on election day. That was not something, especially that Hochul and, and many Democrats were running on. So in the last 20 seconds, <laughs> what's your hopes for climate next year? Well, I, you know, I think it's fr from the Democrats control New York State. If they're looking to build out their support in the suburbs, they're going to have to come up with real, meaningful, significant ways to deal with the climate crisis that the world is facing and to deal with environmental issues writ large, particularly drinking water and solid waste issues. I think all of those are issues that Democrats should really embrace and run significant proposals on, not just phony baloney reforms, but the real deal uh, if they want to build out their support in the suburbs. Blair Horner, uh, Executive Director of NYPERG, NYPERG.org, and this has been Mark Dunley for Hudson Mohawk Magazine.